Thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you are listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have. We will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk. As John was saying, this is a no-score zone. Um, so if you are checking your phones, seeing what the score is, keep it to yourself. Some of us are DVRing. Some of us want to be surprised when we get home and experience it as the game goes on. And so just be respectful and considerate. As Christian brothers and sisters, this is how we are going to honor one another. And so, so just, yeah, I mean, don't ruin it for someone. Just don't do it, you know. It can wait, like the commercial says, even though that's texting and driving. Anyway, so I just wanted to say that. As we start today, the title of today's talk is What's Next? And so if you didn't know, for the past almost 20 months, Open Life has been walking through the book of Luke, reading story by story, verse by verse, looking at the life of Jesus, how he lived his life and all the different circumstances that we read in there. And so the reason um, that we did that was, one, to, to just read a gospel together, to read a book out of the Bible as a church. And so I'd encourage you, if, if, you, if that interests you, if you enjoyed that, I'd encourage you to read another gospel, whether it's um, Matthew, Mark, or John. Do that, just start that up. Do that for your own personal reading times, just so you can get another perspective of the story of Jesus. I just encourage you always reading the gospel, so we're always reading about Jesus and knowing how he lived his life so we can let that dictate the way that we live as well. And so now we're in this place is like, okay, what's the outcome? What's the outcome of going through that book? And so hopefully after those 20 months of being here, listening to different talks, listening to different verses about how Jesus lived, hopefully we have a better understanding of who Jesus is. And so it's very important as, as Christians, as people who believe and are following Jesus, it's important for us to know how Jesus reacted in the situations, the real life situations that he found himself in. And so it's, it's just how we understand how he reacted in those situations, but it's also a way for us to look at the way that he looked at life, the way that he understood how to live a life that's connected to God. I mean, he was God, and we're going to be talking about that today. But if we could live our lives the same way that Jesus lived in connection to God, then our lives are going to benefit for it. The lives of people that we're in contact with are going to uh, benefit from it. And so now we're left this week and saying, so what's next? What's next? And so practically, if you didn't know, next week is the first Sunday that Open Life will be meeting as two different campuses in Bonnie Lake and Sumner. And so if you haven't heard the details, at 10 a.m. at both Bonnie Lake High School and 10 a.m. down at Sumner Middle School, we now have two Open Life churches. And so for everyone here, maybe this is the first time you've heard that, or maybe you know, you're still fuzzy on the details, nothing changes here. So if you came here this week, we want to see you back here next week. And so it's just nothing changes. It's just for them down in Sumner 
They used to be called Living Hope, and now they're called Open Life. But we've been closely affiliated with that church from the beginning that they started. And so now we're just kind of formalizing that relationship as one. And so me, Thad, and Brent, um, the pastor down at Open Life Sumner, have been meeting for the past three weeks talking about, okay, when we start, when we're starting our sermon series, what are we going to talk about? So we've been brainstorming, planning, and we're already two weeks three, four weeks ahead of schedule, and so it's just been good. So, like, I already know what's happening. I feel like, you know, I have all the spoilers and stuff. So, anyway, you're going to enjoy it. And so now we're just in this kind of, like, week of let's put a bow on everything that we learned about in Luke. Let's talk about Jesus and see how it really impacts our lives. And next week we're going to be starting a series called One. And it's just basically how can we be one as brothers and sisters in Christ? How can we be one as two churches practically in Bonnie Lake and Sumner? But more bigger, on the bigger picture, is how can we be one as Christians, brothers and sisters, with all people, as one church? And so I'd encourage you to be there for that. And so then, what I want to do today is focus on between you and Jesus, what's next? We've been reading about Luke. We've been reading about Jesus over and over and over. What has God been stirring inside of you for your personal life? For you and Jesus, what's your next step? One of the best things about following Jesus is that there's always a next step. Whether you're here today and you might say, I just started, or I'm restarting my relationship with Jesus, or you're saying, I'm really, I'm decades into following Jesus. There's not much new that I read. We could be in both of those camps, in either one of those but we all have a choice to take a next step towards pursuing Jesus, towards becoming more like him. And so we'll talk about this more, but as a way to kind of just really culminate everything we've been talking about Jesus, we're going to talk about what's our next step as open life, as people, as Christian people following Jesus, what can be our next step? And so today the big idea is there's always a step we can take towards Jesus. And so this is what's so great about the church, I think. No matter where you're at in your relationship with Jesus, no matter matter if you're just starting or whether you've been along the road for a very long time, there's always a next step. There's always something that we can do to help us become more and more like Jesus. And so at Open Life, we do our best to bring everyone along at whatever stage that they're in. And so just as Jamie was up here saying, you know, some of you have been walking in and you feel like, you know, you, you're not ready to receive his love. My prayer is that maybe your next step today would be, man, I know that Jesus loves me. But maybe you're here and you know that Jesus loves you. You've been on there a long time. But maybe your next step is comp- something completely different. Maybe God wants to challenge you to do something different in your life pursuing him, in your family, in your relationships, in your community, whatever it is. What is your next step? As brothers and sisters in Jesus and those who, are, who still may be searching, we are to encourage one another as all of us take steps to grow closer and closer to Jesus and become more like him. And so what I wanted to talk about today is Paul. He writes really almost half of the New Testament, and he wrote this book called Philippians. And Basically, if you don't know about Paul, here's a quick synopsis. I mean, it's a lot, so it's just a, I'm going to blurt some things out. So he, Paul used to really be the enemy of all Christians, um, back as we read in Acts, because he was an official of the Jewish church. He has this amazing encounter with Jesus, though, and then he chooses to start following and become a Christ follower. And so then he becomes one of the most, Christ, most influential Christians of his time. Like I said, he wrote half of the New Testament, 
And so he travels around the Roman world in places that have never heard of Jesus' teaching before. And so now, as we read in Philippians today, we're going to read from Philippians 2. He's writing this letter to the church in Philippi. And so he led this church. He started this church, but then left to go start other churches. And so he's writing them a letter to encourage them and just to say, hey, you know what? You guys have been doing a great job, but let's even do even more. And so it's just this interesting, but the most interesting fact about Paul is that as he's writing this letter that we're going to read, is he's in prison. He's sitting in prison, writing a letter to a church to encourage them to be stronger and stronger Christians. And so it's just awesome to see how the attitude that Paul has as he writes this. And so as we read Philippians 2, 1 through 18 together, let's imagine we are reading this letter that it was addressed to open life, or that it was addressed to you from someone sitting in a prison cell encouraging us to go closer to Jesus. So let's read together. Philippians 2, 1 through 18. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You, may, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. As we read in Luke, do you remember like all the things that Jesus went through, kind of the struggles? It would have been easy for him to say, you know, that's okay. I'm actually God, and so I got this. You know, he could have just totally just gone a different way in some of the ways that he interacted with people. But no, he chose to have a human life. And so we read on in verse 7. Paul says, instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him, so that's Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." And so when I declare that Jesus is the Son of God, when I make that step in my, when I became Jesus, that is glorifying God when people declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so Paul goes on, he says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright stars in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. And so as we read that scripture, is that not one of the more challenging scriptures when we read about Jesus and how we're supposed to imitate his attitude in all things? I love how Paul kind of just explains everything about Jesus, and he just puts it out all out there. He's basically saying he's God, but he denied himself and let himself be human. 
He became the lowest of the lows so that he could be, live a human life and show us how we can live a human life. Also that through his death, God would be glorified and everyone could find salvation through him. That challenges me. When I read that and I see Paul saying, you know what, imitate the attitude of Jesus. I'm challenged by that because I know I don't match up. Paul says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? He asks those things, but if, if this were me, I would really be saying, I don't know, Paul, you tell me. You're the one in prison. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Paul says there is. But Paul says that it's others living in unity, living together as one, and living in the attitude of Christ. That's what brings his, him his joy, even while he's in prison. So these people, they're taking the, the Philippians, as we, they're taking their steps to become closer and become more like Jesus. And this encourages Paul. Share with my joy is what Paul is saying. What makes me most happy is when the church is coming together and living as one. That's what Paul is saying. In prison is what's bringing him joy. And so today the first thought is following Jesus is a personal decision we need to share. And so each one of us has or eventually will, but all of us need to make a decision to follow Jesus. Whether Wherever you're at on that, you've either done it, you are going to do it. And so that's what we want to talk about today is that it's, if you make the decision, it's also time to share the decision. Once we've chosen to follow Jesus, it's time to share like our stories and, and start telling people what the works that God is doing inside of us. And so what does sharing do? Sharing gives us the assurance of truly making a decision. Sometimes I might make a decision in my head, but if I don't say it and I don't tell someone, then I might in my own heart be getting, well, did I really make that decision? I didn't tell anyone there's no consequences if I don't or if I go back on that decision. But when we share our decision, it assures us that we, we actually made the decision. And so for the vast majority of people, this stretches you to share, to even speak publicly about something that's personal. And so sharing is also a, something that stretches us, just a practical thing that sharing does is it stretches us socially with our friends and maybe our family. And so then it also encourages other people to make their own decision. And think about it. Paul said it best. He said, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And he says this, I want all of you to share that joy. I want all of you to share in that joy of people becoming more and more like Jesus. And he ends it, he's saying, yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. And so when people take next steps in their relationship with Jesus, there is a joy that automatically comes from those decisions. But there's another extra joy if we choose to share that story, if we choose to share what God is actually doing inside of us. And so one of the ways that we share our stories of Jesus is by baptism. And so I wanted to have you guys watch this video right here with me. So the coolest thing about that video is that... <laughs> ugh, I thought I wasn't going to tear up. The coolest thing about that video is that we see Paul's like verses coming to life when he's saying sharing, <laughs> sharing in the joy, not in the crying. <laughs> Let's share in the joy with one another. But when you share those stories, 
That's what happens is you share in the joy with other people. Romans 6, 1 through 4 says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Have you forgotten that when we are joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we join him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. That's what baptism is. It's a simple, practical step for us to say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I chose to follow Jesus. And it's a symbol for you to say, let's publicly say, I'm, I'm following Jesus. But then it's a spiritual thing because literally when, when you baptize, you're saying, I'm dying with Jesus and I'm coming back new. And it's this awesome experience. And so it's, it's one, very practical, but at the same time, it's very spiritual. And so one of the things to, to do today, if you want to be baptized, write it on your connection card. Check that box. Because next week we are having baptisms after the service. And so we already have people lined up. There's going to be people being baptized. And so that's encouraging for you if you've been wishy-washy. Well, I don't want to be the only one next week. Well, you're not. We already have multiple people doing it. And so do this. Share with other people's joy next week. And tell us your story. Tell us that you've chosen to follow Jesus. It's, it's an important step. And so maybe today, your next step. When you're asking Jesus, okay, what's next? Maybe your next step is you need to be baptized. So thought number two is Jesus always reveals steps we can take to become more like him. Now, this is a lot like the big idea that we talked about earlier. But I want to take it a, a quick step further. And so I want you guys to do this exercise with me. Close your eyes. Just everyone close your eyes. And in your head, you're just going to take 10 seconds to think about the way that Jesus lived his life. Think about the way that Jesus lived his life. Ten seconds. I'm going to count in my head and then I'll stop you. All right, you did that. Ten seconds of thinking how Jesus lived his nice life. Now I want you to do the same thing, but the, do, do it again. But this time think about the way that you live your life how you personally live your life. Take it 10 seconds. Let's do it. Close your eyes. Just think about it. All right. So you did that. You took 10 seconds to think about how the way Jesus lived his life, and now you've thought 10 seconds about how you live your life. And now what I want you to do is think about how those things match up. Do they match up? Are they close? Are they in process? Are they very far apart? Wherever you're at, it's okay. Welcome to Open Life. We're doing this together. And so it's important for us to realize that we need to take steps. We need to make decisions in order to practically get ourselves in line with who Jesus is. To better help us become more and more like him. And so when you're in your times of prayer this week, maybe take 10 seconds, maybe bump it up to 30 seconds, maybe do it for a minute, both of those things, and then take another minute to think about what you can do next to become more and more like him. When you choose to do the, the, even the practical thing about thinking and letting yourself be spoken to, that's letting the Holy Spirit speak to you and change the way you think and change the way you live. 
It's so practical. Sometimes we make it so spiritual. But if we would just make a decision to change the way we think and change the way we live, then we've let the Spirit work in our lives. Paul said you must have the same attitude as that of Jesus. One of the coolest stories in the Bible, and something I always turn back to, is from John 3, 28 through 30. We talked about John the Baptist back in Luke, and we, we learned that he was preparing the way for Jesus, that he was literally telling people, you know what, there, I'm coming here, I'm convicting you of your sin, you know, get right with God, repent and be baptized, but there's another one coming. That's what John's role was. And so then he's baptizing people. Jesus starts baptizing people, and his disciples are baptizing people. And so someone asks John, is like, what's going on? And so this is what John says, and this should be our attitudes. John says, you yourselves know how plainly I told you. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. We are to be a best man, a maid of honor to Jesus in the work that he's doing in the lives of our friends, relatives, in our community. We need to continually be happy and being inspired and encouraged, finding that joy that Paul's talking about when God is doing works. We need to find ways of how we can become less and less in making God greater and greater. But it's, it's super hard. It's totally challenging. When was the last time we stopped and thought about how we could become less? It's just not something that our culture desires, wants, or even publicizes. When did I go into my job or in my, in, into the community and say, you know what, I want to become less. I'm going to sacrifice myself so that someone else can become greater. That is not taught. Nope. Work your butt off. Do everything you can so that you can get recognized, so that you can become successful. John's attitude was, my job is to make Jesus a success. And that's the attitude that John had of being like Christ, and that's the same attitude that we are supposed to have. Jesus even said in Matthew 18, 4, So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We read a lot of those types of verses in Luke about, about Jesus kind of flipping our thoughts. Of Jesus saying, whoever is the least in the kingdom is now the greatest. Whoever thinks they're the greatest is actually the least. And so when do we let those thoughts, when do we let those teachings of Jesus go into our brain and say, you know what? I need to make Jesus greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Does my picture of Jesus match the picture of myself? If it doesn't, don't be discouraged, but let's think of one step you can do today so that you can go into line with who Jesus is. And so thought number three is the moment we share is the moment we become shareholders. And so we've talked about our next steps, about becoming more like Jesus, about the joy that comes from sharing, but what about you today? What happens when you actually choose to share your story? And so to explain this, I need to tell you something very personal in my life, and that's the fact that I am a shareholder in the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I paid a fee. I paid a fee. That was my action of 
of sharing as I shared my money with the Green Bay Packers. This sounds so pathetic when you say it out loud. See, it's important to say things out loud. I paid my money, and then they sent me a certificate, and it's on my wall. It's actually in a box, but I'm getting ready to put it on my wall because it's very important to me. But I am a shareholder in the Green Bay Packers because I shared my money with them. And so, yes, that, I don't get any dividend from that. I don't get anything other than an emotional dividend every time Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown. I'm a part of that, you know? And so it's, like, important to me. And so to explain this now, not in financial terms, but to explain this in open life and in the kingdom of heaven and whatever else, when we choose to share whether it's getting baptized, whether it's just telling a friend that we've accepted Christ, but when we choose to verbally say and tell someone that I am a follower of Jesus, we become a shareholder with Jesus and what he's doing in our lives and in the community and in the lives of others. So you now have skin in the game. You now are held accountable because you've chosen to share with what God is doing in open life as a church, in your families, and in this community when you choose to speak, when you choose to share. And so you may or may not know that open life, we really do try and have a number of different avenues and venues for you to share. So we already talked about baptism. If you want to be baptized, mark the box. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it next week. We'll get you all the info. But the next one is groups. The opportunity to share stories with other people is totally invaluable. I can't put a price on it. And to help explain it, I've, I've begun to realize that when we share our stories with other people, it is like trading commodity. When someone shares their story about how they've gone through something tough or they've shared something that they've gone through, I'm becoming richer and they're becoming richer for sharing. They become a shareholder in my life and I become a shareholder in their lives because I'm hearing their story. I'm telling my story at the same time. That's what Christian unity is all about. When we choose to share, we become shareholders. The next one is that you can simply tell us your story here at Open Life. On the app, if under the connect thing, under the Bonnie Light campus, you can click that and there's a thing that says share your story. And it's different than if you're just sharing a prayer request or you're sharing like a praise report or a comment, but it's more of you just telling us, how did you come to know Jesus? If you've never done the act of sharing your story, that could be a simple way for you to get your foot in the door to tell someone. And you can tell us if you want to keep it personal or if you want to keep it, you know, if you want to share it later, if you want to talk more about your story. But it's a simple way for you to tell us your story, to share it, to become a shareholder. And so you can do that online as well under the share tab on the right, top right side of the, of the website. And so then the final thing is serving. You can serve. It's awesome getting to know people I would never have gotten to know by serving at Open Life in the morning or in the afternoon after church or being at the big give or being at school supply give. Whatever your thing is that you love to do, but I meet people after the big give. And like last year was crazy. It was pouring down rain the whole time. And not a frown, not a negative comment the whole time. It's because we were serving together. And you learn stuff about people when you're sharing together. You learn that they are actually really good at becoming less and less and making other people greater and greater. And you're encouraged by that. You become a shareholder because you've shared your life. You've shared your talents 
when you choose to be on the worship team. You share together and you become a shareholder. And so, when you look at what Paul is saying in Philippians 2, and you're saying he's finding great joy, he's being encouraged, and then you remember, oh yeah, he's in prison. He is in prison, sitting in a cell, writing to a church and saying, you know what, you should become more and more like Jesus because then I'm going to be happy, I'm going to have joy. In the other translations, he says, make my joy complete. And that's awesome. That's the kind of joy I want to have by seeing people coming and choosing to follow Jesus. That's the kind of joy I want to have, seeing people being baptized in the back and just sharing their story, becoming shareholders in the faith. That's what I want to do when you hear stories about people's families being changed by the power of Jesus. You become a shareholder, and joy is strengthened and expressed and changed, and we're all encouraged the more because of it. And so today, our action step, and the worship team can come up, is simply take your next step, no matter how big or small. Take your next step. And so when the worship team comes and we start worshiping, maybe you need to make that your moment where you take a little longer than 10 seconds to think about your life, but also think about the way that Jesus lived his life, and then figuring out what you need to do to even become remotely more like Jesus. Maybe that's your step. Maybe you're going to do that every day this week and just begin to let little things creep into your life, into your mind as you think, as you process. I don't know, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know if it's going to be to get the nerve to check the box to be baptized next week. I hope it is if you never have, if you've never chosen to share your story. It's simple. We saw it on the video. But if that's you, be encouraged that once you do it, there's joy that you're giving to other people automatically. And there's joy that you're going to receive. Because everyone's going to be clapping, cheering, high-fiving, fist-bumping, whatever you do to express excitement and emotion. That's what we're going to be doing when people are dunked into the water and come back up. It's a party. It's fun. And so I don't know, what. maybe you're going through a struggle in your life. You're walking through something very serious. And maybe you just don't have the attitude that Jesus had when he was suffering. That's important too. Whatever it is, whatever you're, if you're going through a job loss or you're financially going through a rough time, think about your next step. Maybe it's you need to get into the Word and you're going to take every day this week just to read a scripture, a passage out of another gospel. Maybe you go to John. John's one of my favorites, but it is very spiritual, and you have to think about it. But when you do process that, you're encouraged, you're strengthened, and you figure it out. And so that's what I want to do today. As we think about our next step, let's not be discouraged if we think we have a long way to go. Because in in Philippians 2, we read, this is what Paul said. He said, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Work hard to show the results. But it's not like it's by your words. It's not by your power that you do these things. Because Paul goes on to say that for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. 
God is giving us the power and the the desire to do what pleases him. He's giving us the power and the desire to make those two 10-second thoughts become one 10-second thought, to become more and more like him. And so let's do that this week. Let's use the power and the desire that God is giving us to become more and more like his son, Jesus. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this time together. God, I thank you for the past 20 months of walking through just your stories to hear your way of life. And God, I share in your joy by hearing your story, God. And I know you are glorified when I choose to speak my story. So God, I pray for each person here today who's thinking and processing what their next step is going to be. What's the next thing they need to do to become more and more like you? God, I pray that you empower people with the strength to do it and the desire to see it through, God. I just thank you for just all that you've done for my life, for everyone here, God. I just pray, Lord, that we would not forget all that you've done for us by dying for us and bringing us forgiveness and salvation. God, I pray for those that might be making first decisions to follow you or might be making the decision to be baptized. Empower them with the power and the desire that only you can give. And let us celebrate together as one church as we celebrate the stories of others. As we share and become shareholders, God, let us live exactly in the same attitude that you lived your life. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at openlife.church. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast. But have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.